right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Aiden Meets Interesting People. Uh, I didn't say that uh, I was going to get a lot of these out very quickly, um, but you know, things happen. So I hope you do enjoy the ones we are getting out here, and I hope you enjoy my newest guest and the first one of season two of Aiden Meets Interesting People, Ted Collins. Yeah, thank, thanks for having me. Hey, Excited. here we are. This is, uh, this is your garage. Yeah. What a joint. Yeah. yeah, so this is where we run, like, basically service all our Southwest Track Days bikes and yeah. Yeah, get everything ready to get out to the track. Get them ready so. to run. So, fill me in. Ted, I've only introduced you as Ted Collins. I haven't said uh, <laughs> I haven't said motorbike racer. I haven't said any of your accomplishments yet. So, uh, fill me in on who, who Ted Collins is. Um, so, basically, I've raced super bikes. Well, I've raced road bikes, I guess, for the last 15 years, I guess. Basically... Yeah, I'm only 23, half so probably over half, well half of my life. Um, yeah, so I've sort of dedicated most of my life to, to racing motorbikes. And um, yeah, I've just been going through the motions, I guess. And um, yeah, in 2023, so this year, I've this year. done a deal with Livson Racing to race their BMW M1000 in the Australian Superbike Championship. Right. So that's, I mean, the that's an announcement that's only... At this time, when we're sitting yeah. here, is only like a couple of days old. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, who knows when I'll get around to this? <laughs> Hopefully, within a week. Uh, it'll be. It's still, but it's still fresh news. That's yeah, yep. yeah. So it's 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 massive for me, and um, yeah, to go from the last few years, I've just been with like a family-run team, me and my dad, and like yeah. yeah, we definitely had some some help and some support, but um, fundamentally, it was it was me and dad, um, which was which was it was great. Um, I loved it, but it's <laughs> it's quite difficult. Um, it's a lot of a lot of work, a lot of pressure, a lot of stress on on the family and stuff. So, yeah, to get this opportunity with Livson Racing to to go that step further and yeah. you know join a very professional team, it takes a lot of pressure off the family. Um, the bikes a lot a lot better. Um, yeah, the yeah. team's yeah. super professional. So yeah, there's there's it's going to be really it's good. another another whole step up. Yeah, yeah. Um, there'll be a, a whole bunch of people listening and watching that won't really be motorbike fans but yep. they, they you know they, they like to uh like podcasts and look love me yeah. <laughs> bit, bit of me time uh, australian superbike champion that's the biggest one in australia isn't it yeah so the is, yeah. yeah so the australian uh, superbike championship is the the premier class um yes. the whole the championship is called the australian superbike championship but inside that there are smaller classes so there's 600 Supersport, which I won in 2017. Yes. Um, Supersport 300 below that. And then there's also the Oceana Junior Cup. So yeah. inside that championship, there are other classes. But yeah, the Superbike class is the is the premier class in the Australia. How many people yeah. race in it? Like, you know, round one, round, first race, how many people on the uh, grid? Yeah, it should, should be about 30, 30 right. bikes on the grid. So right. I think the capac- capacity is about 32. So um, yeah. So you hopefully top 30 hopefully top close 30 to capacity races yeah. in australia yeah is yeah. where you're laying yes. yourself at yeah yeah it's good stuff oh, hopefully i'm a lot higher up well, top 30. Yeah. <laughs> aiden was happy with top 30 <laughs> <laughs> why aren't you guys happy right um tell me about so livson racing yep um this was, was owned and operated by an ex you used yeah. to race yeah so nathan spateri owns the team um so yeah he he raced himself last year for for the same team um, which yeah he um, yeah he decided that he'd done his time and it was ready for retirement sort of thing so um he was he was looking to put he wanted to put a young rider on the bike so I sort of 
heard heard whispers and rumours around the pits of what was going on. Yeah, so he did, I, didn't, want, didn't want a 42-year-old? Um, yeah, I, no, no, he didn't, unfortunately. No, so, um, no, I gave him a call and, yeah, we sort of just ah. kept in contact. You know, that was probably um, towards the middle of last year, maybe the conversation started and okay. just kept in contact. And, um, yeah, then just before Christmas, we, we did our first test together just to see how they worked and they saw how I worked and um, yeah. yeah, just continued on from Is there. Is that less of a bike test and more of a what's he like as a racer? Yeah, it definitely wasn't a bike test. Right. Um, it was, yeah, they wanted to, I'm still to this day, I don't really know what they were looking yeah, yeah, for, yeah. but yeah. I, I went sure there, an idiot, I went there with knowing what I wanted to, wanted to see and a hundred percent I saw that within being in the pit for 10 minutes. I, yeah. sort of tick the boxes that I wanted to wanted to tick and could see how professional they were and their their will to want to achieve the same goals as me so um, it was a it was a no-brainer from the start cool and I look I looked up the bike I googled the bike yeah um, way more than I googled you cause I, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a good website if anyone wants to go and have a look at the uh, the BMW M1000 double yes. you can click on a button and it like makes the noise <laughs> and you can like accelerate to top oh, speed lovely. and then you can push the brakes and see how fast it, it, it stops I'll have to have a look at this myself have have a look. Yeah, well, I mean, you can do it in real life yeah, you a bloody website <laughs> you can do it yourself just do it tomorrow <laughs> um, so and then the bike was like a. I can buy it, right? Yeah. Had yep. a buy it now option, yep. other than the fact that I don't have any money. Is it the same bike, or so is there massive modifications? Definitely starts as the same bike. The yeah. bike that you can buy from the showroom is exactly the same as the bike that the team buy to to start off with. Um, yeah. There's a lot of changes ah, okay. made from that point, but the rules in Australia keep the bikes very standard compared to other championships. Yeah. So we're we're very limited in what we can do yet. In saying that, we still change a lot of com- components on the bike to make them race ready. But yes. for your average Joe Blow who goes to the shop and buys one, it is very similar to what we're racing. So but <laughs> That's we- a bit scary, actually, <laughs> that other people should have this thing. I mean, you do need $65,000 to buy the, uh, <laughs> the base model. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty so, serious motorbike. Yeah, so yeah. the BMW is is a very high level motorbike and that that's why Livson have chosen the BMW over other manufacturers. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a very well-developed bike um, and it's got all the components you need for that base to, to build a good race bike. So. Is it a new bike on the grid this year or is this a, has it been on the grid last year? So or? the bike that we're racing this year is the same bike from last year. Okay. So there, there hasn't been an upgrade that we're we have available to us yet so yeah right. the 2023 bike will be the same as the 22 model yeah. was it um, successful like i mean yeah so they wouldn't have bought it but. yeah yeah definitely yeah. um yeah there would be bmw was on the podium in asbk multiple times um yeah. last season so it's definitely capable of it's capable of winning there's no doubt about that so yeah yeah awesome all right well with you on it it'll be <laughs> Easy. Easy as that. Piece of cake. Absolutely. (laughs) So, how fast is, like, this does over 300 k's an hour, Yeah, so I... I think the top top speed would be maybe 310, yeah. roughly. 300, the website says 314, but... I was close. <laughs> I was close. Ours should, in theory, be faster. It should so. be. Yeah, that's what I'm getting right. So, like, you, uh, you will be, you, I mean, you'll be doing well over 300 on... Yeah, so uh, Phillip yeah. Island Main Straight, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely over 300, yeah. Yeah. What's 300 kilometers <laughs> an hour like? Like, 
other people, like, you know, I've, I've spoken to other people on motorsport, and they, they quite often say something like, I mean, it's all sort of relative, you know, it's wide yeah. open spaces, and you've, every other car is doing 300, so it doesn't feel that quick. But, I mean, you're not in a, in a car, you're holding onto this thing. Like yeah, it. so it's, it's a funny one because you would think it feels fast. And to be honest, there's something that I asked the team to change on the bike, which we're going to have when we go to Sydney tomorrow, but was a higher like windscreen on okay. the bike. So when you tuck down, down the straight, the wind goes completely around you, which is yeah. uh, something that I've always had, which that to me slows it down. If you can tuck in underneath the screen and all the the winds going around you, you don't feel the speed anywhere near as if your head's in it and you're yes. trying to trying to hold your head trying down the whole head. time. So yeah. that's something that to me slows it down. But like you say, you go into turn one at Phillip Island. There's nothing around you. If there is something around you, it's a bike next to you who's also, also doing 300 k's an hour. Yeah. So the speeds. You know, I love the speed. You know, you're going to turn one at Phillip Island, bang it down two gears and throw it into turn one. It's exciting, you know. So it's something something that not many people probably yeah. get the chance to do or are able to do. So, um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's exciting. Yeah. Do, you, do you remember the first time? Like, are they like milestones? You're like, oh, that's the first time I did 100. That's the first yeah. time I did. Yeah, definitely when I was younger, like it was yeah. massive. And I remember as I grew up, my dad always put me on the next bike yeah. It's the day I was old enough, like even when I raced motocross, I, I went to a 65 the day I was old enough. I was on an 85 the, probably before I was old yeah, enough, right. like always it, yeah. stepping up. And then I'd only just got onto a 600, which is a Super Sport 600 bike. And he decided to go out and buy me a super bike thinking that it was going to be great training, you know, get on the big bike, the little bike will feel easier. And I can remember <laughs> he took me to a ride day at Phillip Island on this super bike and I come down the straight and I was just like, whoa, like this is, this is <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Don't want to get back on that other bike now, dad. This is, this is way too much fun. So yeah, back, back when I was younger, I probably would have been 16 at that time. Like, yeah, to... I don't that that bike then wouldn't have done three hundred, but we would have been awfully close. So it was yeah. it was very exciting, that's for sure. <laughs> it's so crazy. Like obviously, you know, racing cars is that there's that speed factor. You've got the speed, but yeah. I don't know. You're kind of strapped in. You've got a roll cage. Yeah. You've got you know all, all the safety bells and whistles. But yeah. like safety on these things hasn't really evolved since the day they built motorbikes right like it's no. i mean you've got leathers and yeah. you've got um i don't know what's the big hump the, the hump thing on the back's more of an aerodynamics yeah. so what what like it's um safe. it's not compulsory <laughs> in australia yet but it probably will be soon as having airbags in your suit oh, so yeah, yeah, there yeah. are a few companies now making airbags that go inside your suit um and yeah it has sensors and stuff and it knows you're crashing before you do, I guess. And yeah. deploys a big airbag inside your suit. That's interesting because so, a car airbag detects the impact already. Yes. Yeah. But like, the, the one in your suit has to go off before you hit the ground. It has to detect. So, yeah. yeah. It has to detect that you're no longer attached to the bike. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. So um, that's probably like a big safety thing that is taking off now. Yeah. But the, like, yeah, helmets are getting better. Suits are getting better but the speeds are getting higher. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but at the end of the day, majority of crashes that you have on a superbike, you slide. You yes. slide for a long time, you get back up and you're okay. It's when you fall awkwardly, <laughs> yeah. um, that's when the damage happens. Usually a high-speed crash, you slide, you get back up, it's fine. It's it's when the, you get those awkward crashes or you catch catch something in the grass or the gravel trap and then you start to sort of cartwheel. That's, that's yeah. when it starts to hurt. <laughs> 
that's what it starts to hurt. It's uh, yeah, and it's one of those things that me and probably many others are just when you're watching motorbike racing and they slide across the ground, and even before they've stopped, yeah. they're looking for the bike. Yeah, they're like, yeah. as soon as I've stopped sliding, I'm going to get up well, and get this bike. Something someone <laughs> told me when I was younger, and I was like, no, nah, that's crazy. There's no way that's true. Was when you crash, when you stop count to five and then stand up uh, okay. because you're so used to your minimum speed around Phillip Island say I think maybe is like 80 k's an hour so the right. slowest you go once you leave the pits is 80 k's an hour so when you slide and you get I don't know you're probably still doing 30 k's an hour but you feel like you've stopped oh, so you, you, stand, stand, you stand up. up before you've even stopped and you, you see videos of it all the time you know stand yeah. up straight back down on your face you know yeah. so you actually need to tell yourself now just wait a second yeah. Make sure you stop now, stand up, <laughs> find your bike. bike, let's keep going. But you'll find most races, crashing is not about hurting yourself. That's not no. what anyone's worried about. It's, how's my bike over yeah, there, you know? Yeah. Like, am I, can I get back on? Can I finish the race? How yeah. much work have I just given my mechanics? Like, <laughs> that's more of an issue than, than hurting yourself. All right, well, let's not dwell on the crashing. <laughs> let's, not, let's dwell on the good stuff uh, rather, than, rather than the crashing. Um, Australian Superbike Champion, you have raced in this series before? Yeah, so 2000 yeah. And, yeah, 2018, I actually rode a BMW as well um, oh, yeah. for, for a different team. So yeah. um, I'm familiar with the brand. But yeah, in 2018, I raced in the Australian Superbike Championship, which, and then I also did um, half, of, half of 2019. Yeah. So... Yeah. Right, with, with different teams? Or was no, that was with the same team, yeah. yeah. So on BMW for both those years. Cool. Um, yeah, and and th that bike and the new bike? Are completely com different. So different. Yeah. 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 So there's, I don't think there would be a part on them that would interchange. So, right, so and it's new been, ones are rebuild. It's yeah. been, it was strange for me to ride that bike a few years ago and then to go away from the brand. I rode a Yamaha for the last couple of years and then come back in and all these developments happened. Obviously... Yeah with the manufacturer themselves developing the bike, making it quite a lot better than it was, but then also to jump on this Livson BMW, which they've done their own development and their own research. Okay. And the bike is, it's incredible how good it is. Um, and yeah. it's a bit mind blowing because I was away from the, the development for the last few years to just come back onto a, the same brand of bike and it be so, so different. What, what makes a bike a good bike or a bad bike? Like, um, just to feel confident and comfortable, you yeah, know, like so if, stability if, of it. if you have the feeling with the bike, you can understand what the tires are doing. You can feel where the limit is and have that confidence to push to the limit and find the limit. Yeah. That makes a massive difference. If you're out there and you can't quite understand what's happening at, obviously you're not going to go okay. fast because you're not willing to push it. Yeah, that's, um, yeah. But if you have a good feeling with the bike and you feel comfortable, it's definitely what um, creates a fast lap time. Yeah. So are you, you're booked in for all seven rounds of the championship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, um, yeah, we head off like right now, we head off tomorrow for the official test. So that'll yeah. be like the first official hit out with myself and the team. And um, yeah, so then up to flying to Sydney tomorrow. Yeah, Sydney tomorrow for yeah. two days, um, and then three days at Phillip Island straight after that. Is so. it nice to have someone else take your bike to the track oh, for it's, you? It's, it's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> like me and me. And, I, I, I did purposely say, "Are you flying to yeah, um, Sydney?" And you uh, you didn't say like, "No, nope, we've got to drive in the van." Like, well, pro <laughs> dad, dad more than me, but me and dad definitely put in the hard yards for a lot of years driving all yeah. over the countryside. Like, I'm not going to say that I drove every time. I definitely have had my fair share on the plane. But the last two years especially, I've been doing it 
a lot more myself but to be just yeah <laughs> i just need to focus on riding the bike yeah. and everything else um, yeah. they they focus on so they talk to you about diet and nutrition and um fitness and stuff yeah well i've got you I've, that yourself? yeah they obviously that's my responsibility like yes. my my responsibility as the rider is to be fit healthy and fast i guess so yeah. um yeah that's that's me and i've got um yeah connor bailey and warnable who i work with as a pt um train with him i've trained with him since 2015 i think so we have a really good relationship and we oh, know cool. know what what i need to do and where where my fitness is at all the time as well so um yeah that's that's my part of part of racing really yeah and uh we'll get off we'll get off uh super bike stuff in a minute but uh What's the what? What are some realistic goals for twenty twenty three? Like we joked before the top thirty, but like obviously you weren't very happy with that. Yeah. Nah. So <laughs> as far as a realistic goal goes, like I definitely expect to be inside the top ten, or like even on a bad day, um, and then yeah, be fighting for inside yeah. the top five, fighting for podiums um, as as we progress. I. Obviously, we're going in with a new project. Um, I haven't raced full-time in ASBK for a couple of years. It might take a little bit just to iron out a few little things at the start of the season. But, yeah, yeah, as, yeah. as long as we're always progressing and getting closer and closer to the podium, um, mm. yeah, definitely what, what Can, we're looking for. Other than going to the track, is it televised? How do people watch it? Yeah, so it's on um, it's on SBS, the race. Ah, SBS? Sundays are on yeah. SBS. It's also on Stan Sport. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think it would be on Fox Sports yeah. as well. Lots of good coverage for yeah. anyone who wants to uh, they, they get do on board. A, they do a really good job with the coverage. So <laughs> both both our superbike races are always televised. Yeah. So, yeah you need definitely. people to ring you up and put stickers on the bike or something? Or uh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> it's a great, great opportunity for advertising to get, to get on the bike. And you need a bunch oh, of sponsors don't you like well, we'll talk about you've got a fundraising event coming yeah, up later yeah. but this is not without getting into the financial this is not a deal where they pay you to turn up and no race a bike. it's definitely definitely not like that in any sense like i still have a full-time job i'm a carpenter so yes. i still go to work like yeah. everyone else and then try and fit in training and and going away and racing and testing yeah. and all that stuff as well but yeah to to get a ride like this the money's got to come from somewhere so um yeah, yeah that's my my job as well as being fit and healthy and all that sort of stuff is to to raise raise the money to to get through the season you know so yeah. that's why we're doing i'm doing my best to you know try and get around and um talk to sponsors and partners and stuff and you know try and get as many people as i can on board um because obviously what we're doing is really exciting so um to get people on board to come on the adventure as well is, is really important yeah 100 percent because some people might know most people don't know that episode one of this podcast ever was your partner taylor yep yep who also races i'm assuming you met her at the track somewhere yeah we've known each other for we actually raced together back in the day Ah. we raced moto threes together we sort of we knew of each other we didn't talk very much um but we raced together and it's pretty fun now to look back on the results (laughs) (laughs) yeah fun for you um Depends which one you ask who's yeah. faster. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. True, true. Yeah. Um, but I, I remember talk, talking to her about her racing and her saying that like a weekend away on hers. So hers is the, the Yamaha R1. R3. R3? Yeah. Three. Supersport 300. Yeah. yeah. Um, like it could be five, seven grand or something for the weekend. Like that obviously pales in comparison to yeah. to what you're going to be doing at, in Australian Superbikes. Yeah. But it's... Uh, there's cheaper hobbies out there. Yeah, well, five to seven grand for the weekend, I can sort of You'll guarantee mine's a lot more than that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, but by so, the time, you know, but um, like, that's what she, that's what, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of money and like, it, it's hard for me. Like I, I'll put in every dollar I have sort of thing, but like I've worked my whole life for it. So I'm yeah. not gonna, not gonna get scared by having <laughs> to spend a lot of money, you know? So yeah. Uh, and it's, it, it's crazy. So um, yeah, I mean, if, if people are watching and they, they want to get involved in uh, Ted Collins racing uh, and, and uh, get their, get their pictures out there and get their names on SBS and wherever else, go ahead and do it. Um, go, go back a little bit. How, your dad was heavily into racing and then obviously got you into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you you grew up here and this was a similar conversation I had, had with Taylor again, but like this is not a motorbike racing fraternity in Warrnambool. Like no. there's not a bunch of people that do it. We don't have a track. How does it how does it come about that you become so good at something that doesn't be- belong here? Well, I think I have my dad's midlife crisis to thank for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, dad, like... From when I was a baby, I guess he was he was doing track days, um, just going like over to Mac Park in Mount Gambier and doing ride days, and yeah. um, that. So ride day, you take your own bike. Take your own bike yeah. and basically ride for right. the day. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. So um, it's not a race, but you go. No, yeah. yeah. So anyway, he started off doing doing that, and him and his mates would go to Phillip Island also to ride days and just have a ride around. And um, in true me and dad fashion, I guess he got carried away, and next <laughs> thing he was just doing a few club rounds in, in Victoria. And then next thing he was, yeah, he did the like national championship himself in a class called pro twins, um, yeah. which they don't have now, but yeah, he, so he raced, yeah. Um, around Australia in that. So, yeah. And, um, yeah, obviously I was, I, I loved it from a young age. So he'd take me to the track and yeah. like, yeah, it's pretty funny to look back on it now because a lot of the riders that I actually race against now and who I would see as my competitors, I had their posters on my wall when I was a kid. Um, ah. So I'd go around to the, like the ASBK paddock and, you know, yeah. getting all these riders to sign posters and stuff. And, and <laughs> like now I'm racing against them. So um, they can I, sign your posters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess, I guess that's what they call a dream come true. But um, yeah. yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, so you've, I, I did scroll far enough back into your Facebook feed to find a very young Ted Collins racing. Uh, Racing motorbike, very. They look like road racing bikes, with very skinny, petite little things. It was yeah. Like, I don't know if you remember all the way back. It was bike four five five. Yeah. Bright yellow. Four one five. Four one. It was four one five. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So they looked very similar. And then there was there was a four five five, which that belonged to somebody else. Yeah. Know, yeah. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. But uh, what's what sort of bike that? that so that was a Honda CBR one fifty. So okay. um, back back when I started um. When you would turn twelve, you could race a one hundred and fifty junior bike. So yeah. yeah, Honda actually like brought those bikes into the country as a race ready bike. Ah, so you could just yeah. you could okay. actually just buy that. So it was a bike, spec bike, pretty much the whole... yeah, ready to go and go racing. So um, that was a good way for us to, you know, obviously Dad was pretty keen to get me on a road bike, and and <laughs> I knew back then that I had to be twelve to start road racing. So from the age of nine to twelve, I did motocross because that was. Right. just some sort of racing I could do, but I always knew where I wanted to end up. And the day that I was old enough to get a road bike, the motocross bikes very quickly got pushed <laughs> aside. I think dad always talks about to start with, because I obviously had all my mates at motocross and stuff like that. So he, I used to say, no, I want to do both. I want to do both. And I think that lasted a couple of months and then we we're fully, fully into road racing. So. Yeah. 
Right. And then just, yeah, traveling what, most weekends? Or? Yeah. So yeah. we went, yeah, we went and did as much as we possibly could because the good thing about it was dad loved it as much as, as much as I did. So we'd go pretty well from, from track to track every weekend. Um, yeah. A lot of time at Mount Gambier um, and Broadford were our main tracks. And then we'd obviously go to Phillip Island, Winton. Um, yeah. That was the first few years we, we stuck around um, Victoria and South Australia. Um, is it big junior, like that sort of junior road when, racing? When like I come it... through, we had okay numbers, but it wasn't great. Um, yeah. There was enough kids to, to go racing with, but it wasn't what it is now. So okay. Motorcycling Australia have done a really good job at the moment to get yeah, the junior scene way bigger now, really yeah. big. And like, you actually have to go through a selection process to get into the championship now because they've oh, got okay. like more applicants than, than they can cater for, which is yeah. which is great. That's that's awesome. So but yeah, when I come through it wasn't wasn't as big and there was a lot of different ways to go about it. There was sort of different bikes you could get, different classes you could go through. There was no clear road to, to Superbike. Yeah. Um, so everyone sort of took their own their own direction and then the from when I started the ones that are left were all sort of in 600s or super bikes now, but there's a lot of people that sort of, you know, obviously chose different things in life or whatnot. Um, where now I think the clear road is there to go straight from juniors to, to super bikes. Or yeah. That, like so, the series all sort of stacked yes, together and yep, you go. Yep, yeah. 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 That's uh yeah. That, I mean, that's, I'm obviously I don't, like I said, I don't come from a place that has, has it as a thing, but yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, we've got Lake Galea, there's heaps of kids out there, so yeah. there's no reason why they wouldn't be. It's just, uh, yeah, I just can't imagine 12-year-old kids zipping around <laughs> yeah. on those bikes. They must do 150 or something, those bikes. Yeah, I think I think the 150s do probably do like 160, 170, something like that. So, <laughs> no, when I was like, you know, still um, oh, 12, I suppose, you're just, just secondary school. So, you know, yeah. go and telling all your mates that you do 160Ks an hour on the weekends. Pretty cool, really. <laughs> Here comes Ted showing Ted <laughs> talking about his bikes again. <laughs> and uh, what sort of success did you have growing up? Were you always at front of the grid? And no, <laughs> no, I definitely wasn't. Like I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't like a a naturally gifted kid or anything. Like there's plenty of kids that just jump on a motorbike and they're a freak. Like it. Right. That wasn't me. Like I. I think I was scared to ride my Pee Wee Fifty when I was a kid. Like I wasn't like just all over it, but. I just wanted it so bad that I kept kept working at it and like I did a lot of coaching like from like I had a lot of coaches work with me when I was younger and stuff because I always wanted to progress and wanted yeah. to get better so I just had to keep working at it um yeah like it, it wasn't <laughs> something that definitely come natural to me but like yeah I just luckily I wanted it enough that I kept working at it and um got myself to sort of where I yeah. am now so when did you start seeing that oh I'm actually like pretty good at this yeah i'm um, I'm winning or i'm you know podiuming more often than i'm not yeah so we went through like the junior ranks and um like i I wasn't terrible by any means but like i wasn't a standout this kid's going somewhere um but then once i got onto a 125 gp bike that seemed to be the the step um i i don't know what it was why that happened but um yeah i got on that bike and the results started to get better i like I broke the lap record at, at Mount Gambier and I think it was just a few little things that happened that just built my confidence and then from there it was I was able to just you know keep going faster and getting better and um yeah. and then at that point that's when like we entered into our first round of ASBK so that would have been 2014 we entered into our first 
like ASBK race. Yeah. Um, so that was that was pretty cool for me. Just yeah. To go. So that's like so you're in the you're in the garage and then there's obviously you're on a, in the lower series and yeah, then there's yeah. like the big boys but yeah, up we, here and obviously you'd still yeah. like go up to the fence and watch the super bikes go around and stuff and just yeah. be like oh that's that's pretty cool and like <laughs> be at the track when all the team trucks are there and all that sort of stuff like it was yeah you're sort of like you're in the big league i guess so, yeah yeah you just have to get old enough until they let you <laughs> race the big ones yeah and but you've had some some big success so victorian champion australian champion yeah so what the victorian championship was in what what division was that uh, so in 2022 i won the victorian championship in superbike so again yeah. that was like the highest level in in victoria yeah um and then yeah obviously going back to 2017 which like definitely my biggest achievement so far is winning the australian 600 super sport championship so yeah that was that was massive like yeah like it was a lot further than as a kid I ever thought I could go um, yeah. to to know that we were the best rider all year um, and to get to the end and actually win the championship that was like <laughs> it's still like gives me goosebumps now thinking about that day and like you sort of um it's funny you think about it and I wish I wish now I could go back and do it again because there's so many like I'd I'd appreciate it so much more, but at the time it yeah. was just like, all right, tick that off next. What's next? What's ah, next? Like okay. you always yeah, just, yeah, yeah. you wanted more rather than you just saw it as a stepping maybe just stone more than a soaking milestone. it in and being like, Hey, I just, I just actually did that. That was, that was pretty yeah. cool. So you, you were racing super bikes in 20, the Australian super bikes, the yep. top one in 2019. Yes. Yeah. And then obviously COVID came and, and sort of ruined a lot of stuff, but yep. probably arguably, a couple of big crashes. I know. I knew we said before I should stop talking about crashes, but I yeah. think we, we do want to hit this. Yeah. You had a couple of big accidents. Yeah. Yeah. That were not just serious on the day, but yeah. quite serious for months afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Fill me in on the. I mean, I don't know where you start on the first one and then go to the yeah, second one. Yeah. So or? basically, it all started around two in two thousand and nineteen, and um, we'd had some sort of issues at the start of the season and um i'd just been building um and then yeah we come into round two and it was a bit of a funny situation like going into a lot of detail but the rain was coming on the friday practice and the way the championship works is you have to be inside the top nine in practice to then get yourself into qualifying two like you get yourself into that next qualifying session but also like you just want yeah. You just want your name as high as possible. So it was basically five minutes of the session to go. We knew the next session was going to be rained out. So it was like now and ever. So we put a brand new tire in, went out to do one last lap of the day, basically as fast as I possibly could. And you could see through the sectors on the data, like I was nearly a second faster than I'd been all day. Like it was, yeah, it really was going to be the best lap, but obviously that's when it always happens, isn't it? So okay. come out of the last corner, and um, yeah, just lost the rear a little bit, but it sort of flicked me quite awkwardly. Um, it was just like one of those strange yeah. situations. Like I said before, you fall awkwardly. I, yeah. It wasn't like a normal crash, but anyway. You, it, you didn't really feel it coming? It just, no, I didn't, yeah. didn't feel it coming at all. It just would change something on the bike since the last round. So maybe I didn't quite, wasn't familiar enough with it. And um, yeah, I ended up having like pretty much a big high side where you get flicked up in the air and the the bike actually went over the top of the pit wall and landed yeah. in the middle of pit yeah. lane. Like the photos are pretty gnarly. I've got, I've got, some, and, I've got um, some good photos. Yeah, yeah, I sort of just slid. 
I slid, I hit my, I think I hit my head on the ground and then slid headfirst into a concrete wall, which I didn't hit it like super hard, but yeah. I, I, the, the thing that confused me and I didn't understand was I jumped straight back onto my feet and jumped over the wall to get into it. Like there was bikes coming straight at me. I was laying in the middle of the straight yeah. basically. So I had yeah. to jump the fence, get myself safe and then laid down and I was like, oh, you know, my foot's a bit sore. I think I'm okay. So they took me back to the medical center. Yeah, no, nah, like you're fine. You yeah. sprained your you ankle or whatever. Yeah. Like you're lucky. Well, cool, righto, no worries. They checked me over like they got a really good medical team. They checked me over properly. Anyway, so we went back to the, the house that night and I was fine. Got up the next day, went and did qualifying. Maybe felt a little bit off, but I just thought my confidence had been rattled a little bit, you know, having yeah. a big crash. And then on Sunday, like race day, I made some really strange mistakes that were something I'd never do. Like I actually forgot to put my bike in gear off the start. Like I went to take <laughs> off in neutral and it was like, oh, I've no. never, never done anything like that before. It was yeah. just... Yeah, some really strange things happened. I didn't feel okay, but I kept just putting it back to... I was a bit rattled from the crash and maybe yeah. it was... Yeah, my confidence had taken a hit and stuff like that. And it wasn't till that night, I was like, no, nah, there's, there's something wrong here. I'm, I'm not okay. So ended up... I think I went, went home, just drove home from Wakefield and then went to the doctor when I got home sort of thing. And then that was when I started to understand what a delayed concussion was. Yeah. And still now I don't fully understand it, but no. yeah, that, that put me out. I think the next round was maybe a month away. So basically did what the doctor said, tried to rest up a bit, but it's one of those things where it's really hard to understand where you're at it's not like a broken bone you can't just x-ray it and be like oh yeah that's it back twists. together now yeah, yeah. you're right to go so me being young and stupid and thinking that i had to do whatever i whatever it took to keep my seat in the championship and yeah i um yeah basically went saw another doctor got a clearance to to do the next race and yeah i had another and because i was i was there racing again and I wasn't, I still wasn't right. I couldn't, I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't focus. I still yeah. couldn't really see properly, but I was like, no, nah, I'm going to go is, out. Is this stuff that you notice? Like, so you're saying a month in between crash one and, and yeah. what's coming up as crash number two. Is that, did you notice that in like day-to-day life? Yeah, like I, I, I don't think I, I, that whole part of my life, I don't remember much. Like it's wow. this weird time. And I, I think back to it now and I'm like, I, it yeah. was like, probably six months of my life that nearly is like not in my memory at all. Like I just don't really know what was going on, yeah. but I can definitely remember like laying in bed, not just doing nothing. Like I couldn't watch as soon as I turned the TV on, I'd be dizzy, be like, feel like I was going to throw up. Like I got to a point I couldn't even like listen to the radio or anything like that. That was enough like stimulation on my brain to, to make me feel sick sort of thing. So it was, yeah, it was really strange. And then I'd start to get better, but when you get when I got tired, I could only do stuff for maybe like half a day, and I'd get tired and then go back to square one sort of thing. So I just couldn't really understand where I was at because you'd feel okay, so you'd do something and then you'd feel worse again. Like it was, it was really really strange. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, I turned up to the next race. Definitely shouldn't have been there. I shouldn't have been even riding a motorbike, let alone yeah. racing one at 
But at the time, you're like, speed, this is what races yeah. do. Races crash, like, races know, get you, back on. You get, you get injured, yeah. you just you just turn up because that's what you do. I need a, you're only as good as your last race. So if, yeah. I'm, if I'm not there, someone else will be on my bike and that'll be it sort of thing. So yeah, I turned up and I was further back in the field than definitely what I should have been yeah um because i wasn't i wasn't qualifying wasn't wasn't okay and i actually qualified good i i looked up the results again the other day and i was like man that was not a bad qualifying so (laughs) for something you can't remember somehow i got one lap out of the bag that was okay but yeah in the races i was i was really far back and then um another rider actually crashed like in front of me i don't really think like i shouldn't have been that far back so i shouldn't have been in that accident but someone else crashed in front of me and i had nowhere to go and i hit their bike and like i hit my head in the exact same spot you can sit the two helmets next to each other and it's the same spot where i hit my head and like i just remember laying there and like i could just see stars for so long like i couldn't i couldn't get up i was like no this is this is pretty bad now and then yeah. yeah, that put me out for another another few months, sort of thing. But so same thing, you came back home. Yeah, yeah. but just, I, I knew at least I knew this time like this is what's happening. So I didn't keep racing or yes. anything like that. I was just like, no, nah, I'm done. That's it. But yeah, I, I tried to follow the doctor's orders and rest for as long as I had to rest for, and then get gradually like I think I started to go to work for a couple of hours a day and then i'd do half a day and like i built built myself up like exactly like i should um tried to do went and saw like all these different specialists trying to you know eat the right things to do like mri scans and stuff like so many so many scans so like everything you could think of and no one could really tell me what was going on no one could understand it no one could give me the answers like i went through like i got like like taylor would know more than anyone else like just really bad depression like i just i yeah. couldn't function like i normally would and everything was hard like i'd someone would say something to me and i just snap at them instantly uh. like i turned into someone like completely different like it was it was actually like terrible like yeah you could look, think back on it yeah. and it was like that was a terrible time of my life and then obviously because of that like i kept trying to race like i, I went to another test in queensland and it was another disaster and then basically like like I wasn't a, a good enough rider anymore. So like I lost my ride basically. Yeah. And then that didn't help my mental side of things. So then that probably like... Exacerbated. If, if yeah. I was in a... If my head was good and you had bad news like that or whatever, you could deal with it. But I was in a state where I couldn't deal with it. And so right. everything was so much worse than it should have been. And it just kept snowballing. And mm. then I couldn't get back to my normal life because... It was hard to even just go to work and I couldn't drive a car. I kept like, it was just, there was all these things going on that were just making it so much harder than it needed to be. Yeah. And then, yeah, I got to a point where I was like, Oh, I'm not even racing anymore. Like, what am I going to do? And, and when I did, every time I did try and get back, just riding even on like my old 600, a bike that I loved, like I was, I was so far off the pace everywhere we went because like still now, like, I think it was because my brain hadn't healed properly and it couldn't, I couldn't deal with the speed and how quickly I had to think and yeah, it all just, just wasn't happening. And, time or and it, like, yeah. yeah, I went through a stage where like every time I'd drive in traffic or whatever, I wouldn't notice the car in front of me had stopped. And like, there was just all no. this stuff that just like it affected me for such a long time. How long for? It would have been probably like, it was probably 18 months. 
before I started to be like, nah, like I think I'm, I think I'm all good now. Like, Eighteen months, yeah, yeah from so, the first crash. Yeah, right? yeah. So it was a, it was a really long time, and luckily, I say luckily, it probably wasn't luckily, but like COVID probably helped because it, there was no racing There's happening no racing anyway. There yeah. was, there was nowhere I had to be. Yeah. I could probably just have a bit more of like a low key life for a while, um, stay home a lot, and just work on getting better i guess yeah. so i think yeah in a way covid actually helped me a lot but then once i was like okay um i am actually good now i'm like i could go to a track on a bike and and go fast again and felt felt comfortable but then it was a matter of like all right well i'm so far out of the championship now like my name's not in the mix anymore yeah, so right. so yeah. what do i do now how names, do i how do i get back in that only things I got to think about now is like I make sure that I put myself in a in a really good helmet and um just yeah let's just think about it a little bit different but yeah running um our southwest track days now like if if someone yeah. if someone if I see a crash and someone hits their head I'm like pack it up like yeah, it's yeah. not worth it just pack it up rest uh, make sure you're okay and um <laughs> and we'll go again another day sort of uh, thing so well uh thanks for that lovely segue into <laughs> getting off getting off the horribilities of uh concussions and and what goes on but um yeah i guess you just need to you need to know that you need to look after yourself on yeah and uh, it, it seems to me just the, the way you talk about it is that you know you, you can sense it now you can you know what it is yeah and if something needs to stop or you need to peel back for a, a race or whatever then it seems yeah I definitely more willing to do it even, rather than go like strap me on I'm going again even you know? now I think from being an 18 year old who just wanted nothing more than to race a superbike like obviously yeah. I still have that same drive now but I would understand if I had if I had an accident and I hurt myself and I was like I I would know now when to make the call of I'm not in the yeah. position to race this next race where Back then, I was probably young and stupid. Like it's 100%. as simple as yeah. that. I yeah. just it, it didn't matter if my leg was hanging off. I probably would have still rode the bike. Yeah. So yes. um, yeah, I think I just know now the, <laughs> the what the consequences can be, and I'd probably make a, a smarter decision. Yeah. Um, right. So you did. You, you said that you run. Uh, you, you and and Taylor have a little a little business. Yeah. A little. Uh, yeah. Well, I shouldn't say a little business. That sort of uh, makes it sound like it, it is. But maybe, I mean, maybe we could call it growing. Growing business, that's much better. Well, you should be doing this. Should... <laughs> uh, yeah, you have a, a growing business called Southwest Track Days. Yeah. And, I mean, you teach people how to ride, ride and yeah, race. Yeah. yeah, so um, basically we we have hire bikes. Um, There's one. Which people can use. There's, Is that one? Yeah, that's one of them right there. So, um, Look at that, KDM. Yeah. Um, so we run out at the, the go-kart track here in Warrnambool. That was, that was where we started, um, yeah. Wednesday nights, like over, over summer when the weather's good. Um, and then, yeah, we, we ventured out to Mac Park in Mount Gambia. So it's a full-size track and started over there. And then just cool. in the last sort of few months, I guess, we've, um, we've got Broadford over in, in Victoria as well. Yeah. Um, so now is that like Gippsland somewhere? Or? Uh, no? Uh, I don't know. I don't like know. Like north of Melbourne on the Hume, sort of like oh, near yeah. Kilmore, okay. um, that sort of area. So yeah. um yeah, that's it's still not too far away for us, but it's close to Melbourne, so yeah. it opens opens our our market up to a whole another group of, of riders sort of thing. So Yeah. So people, you, you can hire those ones and learn how to ride them. Yeah. So or, or people bring their own bikes. Yeah, right? exactly. And we, we've had people from from beginners to racers to 
road riders who want to want to be safer on the road yeah. um people that want to go faster people that just want to learn like we cater for everyone and sure. it's yeah it's super rewarding actually like me and taylor obviously rid, ridden and raced motorbikes our whole life so to just like give back some of that knowledge and try and help people speed up their process of, of learning and also just having a whole lot of fun yeah like it's, that's really what it's about <laughs> is going out to the track and having a lot of fun but because because our days are coaching um, obviously it's like in a, in a safe way where you get to learn the, the correct technique from the start instead of having, having like developing your own bad habits and then not yeah. being able to change. So, <laughs> so a bit of talent out there in Wannable kids who are yeah. like, not, I shouldn't say kids cause I'm assuming you don't rent them out to kids, but, uh, I mean, yeah, we've had, be... we've actually had a lot of guys now who weren't into road, well, I'd say weren't into it, but didn't do road racing yeah um and now yeah they're getting they're getting into it um yeah like you know building building their skill levels to get ready to go racing sort of thing like it's yeah we're starting to build our own community here in warnable of road bike riders on the track sort of thing like actual track days you know we're building our own community of people who are who are into that sport and it's 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 good for us because like you're in warnable and you're you do track days and people are like, what, yeah. what's that? Where now we, we can actually do it here, which is um, something like me and Taylor should be proud of because it's what we love and we've sort of made it possible to do it in Warnable, which is 100%. really cool. And so how, how many of those have you got? Uh, we've got three of those yeah. um, that we hire out and then me and Taylor have got our own bikes that we ride out there so so yeah. we can ride around with everyone and, and watch what they're doing and yeah. help them out. <laughs> Oh, that's my bike. What's that one? <laughs> that, that's, uh, that's my. That's mine actually. That's my R three. So, yeah. <laughs> that'd go pretty quick around the uh, the uh, Wannable go kart track. I'd imagine. It's got the lap record that one. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> About eight seconds. <laughs> I claim the lap record. Faster myself, than a go kart. So. Faster than no, a go kart around there. No, no, we're nowhere near it. They're too um, sticky. Yeah. Had, we had someone out there in a go kart the other day, and I actually asked them. I was like, "What lap time do you do?" And they told me. And I, then they asked me what lap time I can do, and I was like, "Ah, oh, forgot yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> Can't remember now." That's rude, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, very good. <clears throat> um. So we'll finish up on that one. So you guys. Are you still doing them or is you, yeah, you finished yeah. Wednesday now? No, no you're still so doing we're still Wednesday. going um, just with the the racing schedule. Um, right. We're not every Wednesday night. We yeah. sort of just advertise them. But it's booking. I mean, they're it's, always full anyway. Online, so people yeah. need to book yeah. anyway. So <laughs> got to get on the, go down their website and um, yeah, check it out. How many people a night do you take? Um, in the, At the Warnable Go-Kart track, we can have up to 12. Yeah. Um, and then <clears throat> 24 at, at the other oh, tracks. So, yeah. Yeah. Because oh, be bigger tracks. Too. Yeah. And um, yeah, we, we don't want to make them too big because obviously like, we want to keep the keep the coaching sort of personal and on one on one level. So. Boutique, yeah, that's it. Boutique, that's they it. call that. <laughs> uh, all right, so we'll just about wrap it up. You guys have got a, a huge task to get you on to the superbike. I mean, you've done the you've done all all the hard work as far as being a uh, an amazing racer. Um, but we spoke earlier on it. It's it's not it's not a free ride. It's, no. You don't get it's not a salary. You don't get paid to race this thing. No, um, you, you've got to, you've got to cough up some money yourself. So it's yeah, it's like a it's like an AFL footballer, you know, turning up to preseason <laughs> with a, a wad of cash, going like, here's my money to play. You know, yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a bit similar. To that. So you're running a a fundraising night. Yep, yep. I'm going to get this podcast edited <laughs> and out with plenty of time before the fundraising night. How long have I got? A week. <laughs> So when's it on? So it's the 9th of February um, at the City Memorial Bowls Club from 6pm. So we're going to have 
my my race bike for this year is going to yeah. be there on display the new BMW. and um yeah. some some team members there also to to have a chat and tell you what it's all about cool. also my 2017 um championship winning bike will be there so um that will be on display as well and um yeah we're going to have like heaps of stuff for for ra- um up for raffle um we're going to have some really cool stuff to auction off as well um so there'll be plenty of got plenty going on and um yeah. yeah we've got live music as well so it should just be like a nice nice fun night out of out of the house and yeah um yeah hopefully we can raise some funds to to get me going for the season get you going for the season sounds amazing uh i've realized that camera's turned off so we'll have to figure out when that went that one's still, oh, going? still going look at that you're going good uh ted all the best uh i, I think it's, a, it's amazing it's fantastic to have a, a local uh on on track and that's why i was very happy when you said that i can watch it on sbs yeah. I, I generally stick to ko but i'm gonna i'm gonna get off that yeah. i'm gonna get onto sbs i'm gonna watch uh i'm, I'm gonna watch you race and uh yeah i reckon all the water will get behind you and good luck thank you thanks for having me on